St. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, after he goes through the fact that uh, not only the Lord will die, but we too will suffer, says this, Yet in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing separates us from the love of God. Nothing. When I began to read the scriptures early in the week, that's what struck me. God so loves us. He so loves the world. It's, if we just sat and thought about how much he did love us, we couldn't fathom how much he loved us. It's impossible for us to even put our minds around the idea of how much God's love is for us and for this world. You know, in the uh, epistle to Hebrews, St. Paul writes these words, that God came to enter this holy place, not by the blood of goats and lambs, but by his own blood. He came to suffer in his own death for our salvation. To do what? St. Paul says, to secure for us eternal redemption, to sanctify us, to purify our conscience so that we could do the works of God. How did he do this? He did this by his coming as a man. Uh, this is the other thing that kind of is hard for us to kind of wrap our mind around. How can the uncontainable God be contained in the womb of the virgin? Tell me. That was Gabriel's question to the mother of God when he came to her. What shall I call you? Paradise for you, in you is the divine plant. Shall I call you heaven because in now you reigns in you is, dwells the son of righteousness? What shall I call you? How does God so big become so small? The question is, why? Because he loves us and he loves this world. So much that he would empty himself and become a servant of us all. God, the creator, sustainer of the universe, did what? Emptied himself to serve us all. You're not excited. My gosh! The creator of the universe emptied himself. He kept sustaining the universe, by the way, while he was in the womb. I should just end right there. But I'm not going to. So not only this, but in his humility, he says he's going to go up to Jerusalem and he is going to be condemned to die by the chief priests and the scribes 
and he will deliver to the Gentiles, and they will, the creator of the universe, mock him, scourge him, spit upon him, and put him to death. But he will rise in the third day, he says. But I will rise in the third day. So not only does God become man for our salvation, he suffers because he knows we will also suffer. He takes on our suffering so that when we suffer, guess who's with us? Christ. He doesn't stand above us and kind of pat us on the head and say, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. No, he comes and enters our suffering with us. He steps into it. How does he do that? First, because he did it, he did it. He took on all these sufferings, the scourgings, the spittings, the mocking, the death. He took those on so that when we struggle, he enters that struggle with us. You know, it's an interesting, there's a, there's a beautiful prayer before the icon of Christ where at the end it says um, that, um, that you fill all things with joy. Amen. You fill all things with joy. How many things get filled with joy? All things. You know why? Because Christ is in all things. We don't find joy in suffering because it's fun to suffer. Let me say that again. We don't find joy in suffering because it's fun to suffer. We find joy in suffering because Christ is in our suffering with us. That's why there's joy there. That's why you can say, thank you. Lord, thank you for this moment of struggle, for this moment of suffering. Because why? Because Christ is in it with you. That's where your comfort comes from. That's where the reality of God's sacrifice is in our deepest struggles. Because he suffered first for us. So, not to leave you there. <laughs> I was talking to Father John this week, and we were talking about uh, that life. Life is difficult. Life is hard. Life isn't fair. But then in this prayer to the hour, it says, uh, the promise of the good things to but we await the what? The promise of the good things to come. That's our, that's kind of our, that's the bottom line for us. You know what the end of the story is? You win. You win. You win. You don't think, we think, you know, struggle, but you know, you, you watch a game, a game or a, a, an event of something that you really want a team to win, guess what? They win. You win. You have promises to come. Uh, St. Paul says, given to us exceeding and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. You partake of the very energies of God by by, by, in securing these promises, you have them. 
They belong to you with the assurance of the promises of good things to come. They're there. They're present. So I think we have to kind of hold on a bit uh, to life and understand that, yes, we will struggle. Yes, we will suffer. But there are promises of good things to come for us. And certainly in this life to come. Certainly there. But I want to encourage us that as we journey in this life, that there's a foretaste of those promises now. You can taste them now. It's like getting little pieces of a candy and at the end you get a cake, right? All along the way in our life, we get little pieces of this promise of the good things to come. We get the good things taste of the good things. So be encouraged that as we step into life in the difficulties of things that are in front of us, that not only is there a promise of good things to come, but there is a promise that we will taste of that, those, those good things as we journey through this life. So let me end with this. It's one of my favorite passages in the scripture, uh, uh, Ephesians Chapter 3. For this reason, for this reason that we just talked about, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church of Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen.